0: This this, this is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. Is
1: he stepping down as due coach? Coach K is going to retire after the (laughs) 21-22 season. So one
2: more season for Coach K.
0: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
2: Why today? Why June 2nd? Just because?
0: The Rich Eisen Show.
2: I don't think it feels right to anybody. I mean, everyone is concerned. Well, okay. All right, John Shire, you're on the clock.
0: Today's guests... Buccaneers linebacker Shaq Barrett, plus Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. And now, it's Rich Eisen.
2: Well, hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're back on the air right here on NBC Sports on Peacock, and this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate... And uh, we're having a good time. We're having a good time, and uh, and we've just literally been talking for forty seconds. <laughs> good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, my man? TJ Jefferson, how are you? Oh
3: you, you uh, flipped the script a little bit. No no, 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 it's all good. I'm on the pay no mind list now. I see what's going on. Just want to make sure everybody's on their toes.
2: Hey, look, uh, we're just trying to bring a ray of sunshine. I'm wearing a very bright uh, uh, tan sweater today. Um, I'm Break trying to bring... D- well, is that a thing? Break I can? don't know. I, it just looks really bright on the screen to me right now. Uh, go to go to PeacockTV.com and watch us uh, every oh. day to see it. Or check us out on our social media feeds at, uh, uh, at Rich Eisen Show on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Um, you can see it. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, like I said, I'm just trying to bring a ray of sunshine. You know what it's called here in in uh, Los Angeles, California? It's called June Gloom. June Gloom. June Gloom. They June call Gloom. it June Gloom because for some reason I don't know what it is. Uh, based on uh, I I I I don't know uh, jet streams, El Ninos. I have no idea. <laughs> but um, I've I've got no clue. But uh, I've lived here for 18 years, and for June Gloom, as everybody knows here in Los Angeles, and those listening on the Mightier 1090 here in in uh, California, um, know that uh, you know, uh it takes a while for the sun to come out in the morning. It's a thing. And and then and it's then real. the sun's it's out, real. and then right around five, six o'clock, marine layers they say, comes right back in. And um now now June gloom has a different reason, different uh different way of going about it. Nice. All those Laker uh flags. Maybe have one last day on the cars around here. And um Clippers going to clip T.J. Jefferson. It still has been uh, now, based on the bubble last year and this year, a couple years since uh, the fans in the downtown Hoops Dojo, Billy Crystal and everybody else Mm -hmm. that goes there for the Clippers games have actually seen a playoff win.
3: First and foremost, I'm so disgusted by those cardboard cutouts. That's the first thing. Well, I know.
2: (laughs) That is so so jabroni, man. No, well, because the fans are all on one side. And I don't know if the other side or, like, the unvaccinated fans are allowed to come just in. Just tarp I don't know. it,
3: Rich. I mean, we got cardboard cutouts in the stands. I mean, it doesn't even look great. I think that's right. the least of your worries. It is the least, but you. that's the one thing I that believe, I can control. Like, well, I, you, know. you
2: know what? It's just one thing that's maybe to get you to avoid the 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 subject. Matter. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> if, if the Clippers don't come up with two straight wins, like they did in Dallas, Mm-hmm. If they don't come up with two straight wins, it will be a first-round exit for a team that changed coaches, for a team that has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, for a team that has, in many people's minds, maybe the most talented roster, deep roster from start to finish in the West – And it's just an absolute mind-blowing scenario that they could be eliminated in the first round. And if they are, and it is a possibility that Kawhi walks because he can, then Kawhi having a chance to tie in the corner of Game 5 in the 2021 NBA playoffs and hitting nothing will be the microcosm of Kawhi Leonard's stint in Los Angeles. Now, we're putting a lot before the horse. That's a large cart that I just put out there because it's not over. It's not over. And it looked over when they were down 0-2, but they went to Dallas and won two in a row. I think this is the first series since the mid-'90s. I saw that last night where the first five games have been won by the road team, right? Yeah, I saw that as well. And so who the hell knows what can happen But my question is this, with Luka Doncic being so amazing and wondering how can he be stopped, didn't Kawhi Leonard used to be known as a two-way player for his defensive prowess, locking people down on the defensive side while also dominating from the offensive side? How come have I missed it? (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: I've got him.
3: Some people can't be locked down, Rich. Oh, uh, how yeah. come I haven't heard yet? I've got him. Well, first of all, you don't ever hear anything from Kawhi. So, but Boy,
1: he, no, I'd look uh, But there's no point, no nothing like No, oh,
2: we're good. I, got, I got him. I got this. I got
3: this. I mean, he's guard he, he doesn't guard him the whole game obviously, he but he should. does. He should. Well, here's the... You're going to waste so much time. We need Kawhi to score as well. Rich. Well, you need to stop Luca from scoring first. You can't stop the dude. He's unstoppable. He's hitting fadeaway one foot three pointers from thirty feet, and he's six seven and two fifty. Like, what are you going to so do? So you'd
2: prefer to not have Kawhi on him, so you can focus him on the offensive end. Well, we
3: got to keep up scoring, man. And if, if Kawhi would exert all of his energy trying to stop that freak, Luka's incredible, man. So he's incredible. I, can you chime in here then, Chris? I think he break agrees. The tie here.
1: I think this series is over. No way. I think it is over. I it's definitely I think, going I seven. Think, I think we have seen why in the most important play of the game, your two guys touching the ball are Terrence Mann from the Field of Dreams Corn <laughs> and Nicholas Batoon on a fast break. Why is that happening? Why is – your shot coming out of a timeout, Kawhi with a fadeaway three in the corner. Why? They're out. They're being out coached. They're being outplayed, and they don't even come close to having the best player on the court.
2: This series is a wrap. Don't you think Kawhi needs to be on on Luca a hell of a lot more than he is? Maybe I'm uh, okay. I'll just
3: I'll back down. If you're, I, 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 just, I just I just don't know how you stop this kid. I mean, he's I mean. I, and, and, and I guess... He's just on, scoring at will.
2: Now, I guess on that front, I'll say this. And he's hurt. Let's just talk about Luca for a second here. I came on the air yesterday after Damian Lillard did what he did in a loss and said that Lillard is up there with Steph Mahomes in sports of getting people off the couch. That's why you watch sports, for somebody to live up to the moment and do what they're doing. And Luca. Luca is in that realm, I think. I just love watching him play. He's different, obviously, than the other players for various reasons that I just mentioned, and certainly in the NBA. It's just like uh, he's got a beautiful mind when it comes to basketball, where he'll make the incredible pass, the skip pass. He's always, his court awareness is insane. Like he literally has eyes in the back of his head. He'll take jumpers from, like, 90 feet away. <laughs> he'll care. take jumpers off of one leg from, like, 45 feet away. He'll hit the line drive. He'll arc it, scraping the top of the arena. He's got, like, a million tricks in his bag. And he'll also drive the lane. He'll also drive the lane with you riding him up on his back and use that to his benefit driving the lane and then stopping and pulling up and hitting a little jumper or a teardrop. He's got a million shots in his bag, and you don't know when he's going to pull it out. I don't know the way his mind works. Sometimes he'll play hero ball, but it is incredible to watch. But he does have some help. He's not alone out there. And, you know, Draymond Green, who I think is doing an excellent job on TNT, pointed out the first play of the game last night was a tone setter where Tim Hardaway went for the dunk to try and jam it in. And Luka went up and dapped him up, and he used that as an opportunity to say this is how it was different from jump from games three and four. And Luka's got all that tape on his back and – He's amazing. And it's interesting on the same night that Luca does this to put his team up three games to two with another remarkable performance in the playoffs. Trey Young, on the very same night, goes into Madison Square Garden and continues to make his bones in front of a garden crowd that is in full throat. That is back after a pandemic, that is back after a Dolan Demic of 10 plus years, and is so thirsty and in love with this Knicks team in a way that they have not been in love with a Knicks team for a long time. And Trey Young shows you he has that ability in the NBA to walk into a highly contentious arena and quiet the crowd. His three with a minute to go where he jars it to give him, what, 36 on the night and then takes a bow and waves goodbye (laughs) to the Madison Square Garden crowd is next-level material. Uh, Reggie Miller playbook. And in the same way that I'm guilty of it, By starting this show talking about the Clippers, but we are in Los Angeles where the Lakers can be eliminated tonight and the Clippers are on the verge of it. Both the Lakers and Clippers being knocked out in the first round is not what this town envisioned all year long. Not what the NBA coast to coast envisioned all year long. And instead of talking about Luca and how the Mavericks are doing a terrific job, I went in the Clippers route Many people across this great country of ours will be talking about the Knicks. What a plucky season. What a great season. They had a the most improved player. They've got a coach of the year candidate. They're back. Knicks are back. Always better when the Knicks are better for everybody. Always great when the garden is hopping. Well, the garden was hopping, and then it was quieted. It was quieted twice. It was quieted twice by Trey Young. And Clint Capella also has a little bit of bite to him, too, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he was complaining about the Knicks' physical play and say that he's going to bring it into Madison Square Garden and send everyone on vacation, and then it goes double double. He walks it too. And Trey Young sends the Hawks into the second round to be one of four final Eastern Conference teams standing. The one that does that does not supposedly and definitely does not look like the other, with the Sixers having advanced. And the Nets and the Bucs already having set their table for a couple days. Trey Young is getting all groaned up. To use the Parcells phrase, his huggies dropped in this first round. And interestingly enough, Young, as you remember, was drafted by the Mavericks. And Doncic was drafted by the Hawks. And they were... Traded for each other on draft night
3: mm-hmm.
2: in 2018. So I ask you, right here, right now, and you can call us at 844-204-RICH and chime in as well. If you're the Hawks, do you trade away Luka for Trey Young and Cam Reddish, which is what that extra first round that they got in the trade from Dallas turned into? I say no.
3: Ooh.
2: Luca's that special? Luca's that special. Luca's that special. That you hold on to Luca, him?
1: Luca has a chance to be top 10 all time.
2: And Trey, however, with his 36 point performance in game five. That gave him 446 points in the five-game series win over the Knicks. The only players in, the, in since the merger between the ABA and the NBA in 1976-77, the only six players who have had more points in their first five career playoff games are named from top to bottom, one to six. LeBron Jordan, Anthony Davis, street clothes, <laughs> Paul Pierce, oh. Luca. And Allen Iverson, and that's it. And Trey Young. Nice company. And I know Cam Reddish has got a, an upside. Yeah. Still. Hawks are a fun young team. But would you trade Luca for those two? I wouldn't trade Luca for, for anybody, any, for anyone. I wouldn't do it either.
1: He's the most uh, untradable. If you're looking at like you know uh, one of the, like a chart, a trade chart, he's number one. They I, had him. Don't for, trade him for anybody. They had
2: him for fifteen minutes.
1: Did he put the hat on? Is there a photo of him wearing the Hawks I
2: just, hat? Uh, so crazy about the NBA draft. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that on that night, just three years later, Luca does what he does to put the Mavericks on the precipice of a and of a wide open Western Conference. Unless you think the Jazz destruction of the Memphis Grizzlies is an indication that they are the true one seed and is a team that can go deep into the playoffs in this Western Conference. Certainly if the Lakers are eliminated tonight. Which I think they are. You think so, huh? Mavericks? What if it's a, what if it's a Mavericks, Blazers slash Nuggets, Suns, and Jazz?
1: I mean, I know that's not great for TV ratings. It's oh, probably but- not what the league wants, but it's going to be great basketball. These are really fun teams with exciting young players that not a lot of people know The the – the common fan, the casual fan, but they should get to know them. A lot of superstars on these teams.
3: Trey Young is one of them. On these, I think the Jazz are going to the finals.
1: I I, I can't disagree with you. Can't I mean, disagree
3: with you either. They're just so. I said it the other day the balance on that team. They yes. they and you do see it with Mitchell back, well. and
1: you can see how much a difference he makes. Game one they lose. That's right. He's not there, and they. Run it, gentlemen. Right. sweep.
3: Here comes Donovan Mitchell. I just don't see any of these teams
2: beating them in the West. Yeah. And they also have the the one head coach that you know deep down inside is itching to get back in a suit and tie. Oh, if they, if they else. make the finals, Quinn is suit and boot. He's back. Oh, yeah. Just send a note to whoever's coaching in the East. Don't want to show you up.
1: Yeah. Steve. Na- By the way, it's also, if it's Steve Nash and Quinn Snyder,
3: the two guys would probably miss wearing suits the most. I think so. I still well, believe anyone misses wearing a suit. Coaching a basketball oh, do. Quinn Snyder does. Hey, so we've got a lot to talk about
2: on this show with our, our NBA uh, voices. Our two, we're kind of all over the map, but I love it. Brian Windhorst, the worldwide leader in sports, to talk about the Lakers and the Clippers' seasons on the brink. What did happen in Boston? What will happen in Boston next? And then, you know, I want to get the voice of the Brooklyn Nets national. A lot of folks are like, hey, there, aren't yeah. there aren't many. There aren't many. There aren't many. Because, you know, like, who's who are the Brooklyn Net fans? Certainly, the celebrity row. We all know, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> there's Tracy Morgan, there's Spike Lee, there's Ben Stiller. <laughs> like, I get it yeah. in New York City and Manhattan. But in Brooklyn, the actor Jeffrey Wright, the Emmy and Tony Award winner and Golden Globe Award winner, he's a diehard Brooklyn Net fan. He lives in Brooklyn. And I want him to come on the air and defend the Nets, who nationwide are becoming the villains of the NBA because they are the super team in this mix. The concocted super team, the sort of Frankenstein super team of Kyrie coming and then Durant coming, even though he's not playing for a full year, and then Harden forcing his way there, and then Blake Griffin. Getting his way there after the getting a buyout, and like looks I mean, rejuvenated. So you got you got you got the the first star who shows up by saying, "I've always loved the Nets because I'm from New Jersey." <laughs> and anybody in New York City will say, "Okay, pal, yeah. <laughs> got it." You grew up in the shadows of Brendan Byrne Arena, so you can't wait to go to Brooklyn to play for the Nets. Well, We're originally see- from Long Island, by the way. Yes. All right. So anyone who's an old school New Yorker here no. New- in New Jersey, I'd say, okay, you couldn't wait to travel across the Brooklyn Bridge in some slick video. <laughs> and then let's get Durant to start forming his second super team. Okay, let's get Durant as he's blown out as Achilles, and we'll wait for him. And by the time he gets back, Harden will get all honey-bunned out of shape (laughs) in Houston and get his way, during the season having already started, to Brooklyn. And then just to add on top of it, we'll wait till Blake Griffin gets his exit papers bought out from Detroit. And they tried another one with LaMarcus Aldridge, and unfortunately for him is... Health wasn't up for it. That's why people kind of don't like the Nets, even though they're sitting there in Brooklyn. You know, and they also have a super likable coach. Yes,
1: like Steve Nash, one of the most beloved Brooklyn players likeable. of all time. And look,
2: let's be honest here: Harden is fun to watch. Durant is first ballot Hall of Fame, incredible, and Kyrie will always keep you on the on on the edge of your seat and interested. I know you don't like them. They're from Boston. But they
1: look miserable. They don't look like they have fun.
2: Jeffrey <laughs> Wright will join us. <laughs> Hour number three, some football. Shaq Barrett, we had his coach on yesterday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers Shaq Barrett and Urban Meyer, tag team partner of Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> he will be joining us in hour number three <laughs> on <laughs> this program. Wait till you hear what we've got cooked up for a poll question coming back. Pop culture and NFL related. Good stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on this busy Thursday. Los Angeles basketball in trouble edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about the Callaway epic speed driver, However, before we go to break. I love my Epic Speed Driver. The one that I use is the one that's the most forgiving. Let's be honest with you. And all of them are forgiving. And when I say all of them, there's three different types of Epic Speed Driver. And the jailbreak speed frame, which is an AI-destroying structure, is in all three of them. It connects the top and the bottom of the driver right behind the face. It enhances torsional stability and impact. I'll put it a little bit more into layman's terms. The driver head doesn't twist and deform as much when you hit the ball because of this jailbreak speed frame. And that means more energy stays in the driver face, transfers to the golf ball, more energy in the golf ball means ball goes far. Now, the new Epic drivers for just about every player, they've all got that jailbreak speed frame, like I said. I use the Epic Max, that's most forgiving. The Epic Speed is the fastest Epic, and the better player's Epic is the Max LS that capitalizes on the tour preferred combo of low spin plus high stability. Check out the Epic family of drivers today at callawaygolf.com slash epic. Back with you at 844-204-RICH and the that dyna, dynamite poll question
4: on today's show.
2: <laughs> it's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. Helpful and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit us at o'reillyauto.com/isen. That's o'reillyauto.com/isen. We're thrilled to have on the uh, representative of the Atlanta Hawks in last night's NBA lo- draft lottery, who whose presence lit up Twitter. There's no other way to describe it. Jamie Gertz here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Jamie?
0: I'm great, Rich. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am doing
2: fine. For all of your uh, shocked fans uh, out there, <laughs> how did you wind up at where you were last night?
0: This is our fourth season. We're going into our fourth season of owning the Atlanta Hawks basketball team. My husband said to me, you've brought me a lot of luck for the past 30 years. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I would like you to be the one to help pick us our lottery pick, and I was like, are you serious, honey? I can't believe that you're making me do this, but I have to say, it was tons of fun. I think ignorance is bliss, (laughs) so I kind of didn't, you know, I was the one up there who really, you know, I knew it was important to us, Mm -hmm. and I knew what our percentage was. I think it was 13.7% chance. And so, you know, the train left the station and you just jump on board. And I was just decided that I was going to have a good time.
2: Okay. So, Jamie Gertz, you were saying that you knew going in that your chances were not less than zero. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> they were not less than zero. I feel my odds were a little better than that,
2: <laughs> for sure. You do realize that there were just tons of your, uh, I guess, your, your filmography and TV references being made on, on Twitter last night. There were a few uh, spare square... Uh, tweets,
0: references. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There are a few about it's that better on Twitter than when I'm in the restroom and someone asks me if I can spare a square. <laughs> Does <laughs> that happen fair. to you? Does that happen? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You walk in and people are like, Hey, can you spare a square? I'm like, no, I do not have a square to spare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It has happened to me.
2: Okay. Wow. All right. So, uh, in all in all, uh, how do the Hawks as an organization feel about that third overall selection? that you were able to bring home?
0: I think the fact that we moved up was huge. I mean, I was just looking at my husband and my son and Travis Schlenk, our GM, and they were so, they were beaming. You know, we, we did a little rehearsal. They do a little rehearsal with everyone, and they said, okay, if you become the top three, then there are these marks you have to go stand on. And I'm like, oh, well, I've been doing that for 35 years. <laughs> you're just, you're preaching to the choir. I know how to hit my mark. <laughs> so once I knew that we were... You know, top three, um, and I saw the relief in their face. Uh, you know, I knew that I had, had done my job, and the real work starts now for them and figuring out the best pieces of the puzzle for the Atlanta Hawks. You know, we're on our way. We're putting the pieces of that puzzle together, and it's very exciting for our fans in all of Atlanta
2: so there you have it right there on the rich eisen show we're back here on the rich eisen show for those uh who don't watch us on peacock um if you want to you see some um when you do watch us on peacock uh, and you can get us at peacock uh we spend our uh, breaks during the the radio uh uh three minutes uh breaks uh, we we show you some video from our archives And we just saw Jamie Gertz, the actress from 2018. She came on because she was the Hawks representative on the lottery. Um, And she described how she the same night that 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 the the, the Hawks got the draft lottery pick, they got the third overall pick. And that's how they wind up drafting Luca for Dallas. And then they wind up getting Trey Young fifth overall. So that's what they had. They, they they got the fifth overall pick that night. That she, right? That no, she. That's right. She got the third overall pick that night, and they drafted Luca. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then and, and then there's, there's Luca in Kays. the Hawks hat. hat. Yeah, right. Well done, Hoskins, well, and everybody home. That's awesome. There he is with a Hawks hat. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I don't know why the NBA does that. I think they get a kick out of that having all the stars show up. I think now they do. Yeah. You know, and, they, 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 and there's Trey in the Mavericks hat. There he is. Look at that. And they wind up getting traded for each other. But the reason why the Hawks were so high and could get Luca, and then wind up, I guess, with Trey is because Jamie Gertz was the lucky charm. And she said that her husband uh, was the one who um, put her in that spot because they had owned the team for four years. Hilarious. And um, I also learned from that um, video that I've been wearing the sweater I'm wearing right now for four years as well. That's it's gonna, the same sweater from that video. The,
3: <laughs> <laughs> the bright tan. Yep. That's right. I've been wearing this for a while. So today. in case everyone's wondering I mean, how,
2: you know, how I mean, like, Trey uh, Mike's wearing something
1: that's 12 years old. It's old. I mean,
2: exactly. I mean, so let, let, let's be honest here. We're seeing Trey Young last night close out the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. And if it wasn't for Jamie Gertz's good luck charm that night to get the third overall pick in the draft lottery, might not have happened. Adam, our call screener puts on uh, on uh, on our um, on our screen right here because we can. He can type in as he types we, in the names how of people call <laughs> <laughs> That's how from the back. <laughs> he he thinks that uh, the Hawks were smart to trade away Luka for. Trey Young and Cam Reddish.
3: I don't know about that one. He's taking the opposite point of view. It's that's very confusing, Rich, because Adam is big on this. He he gets in this argument with me that he's like Luca could be top ten. Yeah, ever. Rich, I
1: think you're misinterpreting so, what Adam says. I can't. He he wrote trading Luca for Trey and Cam is an awful move for the Cavs. What does that What does that mean for the
2: Cavs? Why would it be for the Mavs? For the, the Mavs. Mavs, Luca is the man. Rich, you're wrong. Okay. Oh, he's Ooh. talking smack now. Trading yeah. Luca for Trey and right. Cam is an awful mood for the Mavs. I don't know what that. What is he talking about? That means he would never. He wouldn't. He wouldn't trade Luca for anybody.
1: Oh, of course. Okay. He thinks Luca's going to be better than Kobe, to just put him on blast. I. Yeah.
3: I, I, I I'm not saying that. That the. No. I,
2: I. I was saying that if you're if you're the Hawks, would you trade Luca for Trey Young, and.
1: Cam Reddish.
2: Would you, you basically that's what they did.
1: Yes. I, I I would not do that if I was the Hawks.
2: If you're the Hawks, yeah, you have Luca, and the Mavs have Trey Young and also a first round selection <laughs> the next year that will be Cam Reddish. Would you do that knowing that you get Trey Young and Cam Reddish for Luca? And I say no. So it's one of those things where we're all friends arguing. But we're saying the same thing. Like, we wouldn't do that. Also, in a weird way, we're, we're, we're playing the result.
1: I think on draft night, it was considered a kind of a good trade because...
2: Well, we saw what Trey Young did in the, in the NCAA tournament.
1: Exactly. Trey Young was kind of a known commodity, big-time scorer, right. has a chance to be kind of Steph curry light.
2: And Luka's a 19-year-old from Slovenia. Exactly. But Brockman, do you remember... By the him? way, could you imagine, like... By the way, on draft night, we were all an, talking
1: about Luca's mom, to be
2: honest. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember that. All I was, right. you know, just, I don't know what you were watching on draft night (laughs) but honestly like at some like i just described hey luca he was just a 19 year old from slovenia that might be when it's all said and done the largest understatement in the history of (laughs) understatement
1: yes yes
2: and you see that you could just see cuban beaming behind his mask sitting next to i think the great michael finley last night that's what that looked like to his left
1: oh okay i i didn't know all suited
2: and booted next to him that's what it looked like to me And, um, man, you could just see what a generationally brilliant player he has there in Dallas. But, of course, the Clippers can come back and take that W. And then, you know, one last thing about uh, the Hawks closing out the Knicks. I thought with the Knicks, it was obvious, you know, when Trey Young's taking that bow and the game was over right there. I thought that the Knicks would spend at least a few seconds knowing that the game was over. With a tribute to Marv Albert in Madison Square Garden. That would have been great. I thought, no, I thought that was great. No, they did it. Hold on, I'm being told that did not happen. <laughs> okay, so Marv, who is the voice of the great Valhalla Knicks days of Red Holtzman and Clyde Frazier and Bill Bradley and Willis Reed and the Red Holtzman end of that era. And the voice of the Bernard King Knicks into the Patrick Ewing Knicks. That guy, who, by the way, was also the voice of the New York Rangers, Rangers at the friend. time with the great yeah. Barry Beck years when they were going yeah. with Ron Duguay and his flowing hair going up against the drive for five Islanders, who I despised. Oh, we, <laughs> hate him. we hate We When the blue seats in Madison Square Garden, which the, they referred to the, the upper deck in Madison Square Garden, the top deck in Madison Square Garden is the blue seats because that was the color of the seats were all the – Garden Ziggies would hang out. Yeah. S- amazing. Z- Channing pot van, van sucks. sucks even when the owners were not in the, <laughs> the building. Yeah. Any day. Okay. What are Ziggy's? Uh, just, you know, Joe
4: Schmos. Okay. I mean, I watched the Rangers win the Stanley Cup <laughs> right. in Aaron the Blue. And let me tell you something.
3: You want
2: to. Marv talk. was Nuts. the voice Nuts. of my youth in the 70s. He is why I do this for a living. He gave vo- he was the voice of Madison Square Garden before Billy Joel was. And that's a fact. That's so true. That that's a fact. So I am not lying when I say that. Yes. That is a fact. He He's was the soundtrack. He was the soundtrack of the great 70s and 80s and early 90s. He got the job on NBC and was the voice Of round ball rock Jordan because of what he did in Madison Square Garden. 100%. (laughs) And there he is last night in his last game in Madison Square Garden. If the Knicks were out that night, last night, he's sitting there. And because he, like Oakley and others also were shunted and shoved away from the Garden by James Dolan. I mean, and I understand you can't do it at, like, the second quarter, third quarter, because, hey, there could be a Game 7. Marv could actually call that Game 7. You never know. Like, I understand the issue with giving the man a tribute in the Garden because it could be their last game in the Garden, too, last night. I understand that, but when there's just... No time left on the clock, pretty much. Just, just just, show the guy with a headset on. Let him wave to Madison Square Garden, because all the fans in that building know who he is. And I know he had his problems, too. That's a long time ago. And I know I might be placing, certainly in the Me Too era, something aside that will cause me a little bit of grief. But I love this guy. I do this job for a living. Watch, I'll see in a text that they actually did it. I can't, I, I, I have, I've spoken to friends of mine in the building last night. They were not. They, they, that that, that did not happen from what I was told.
3: Come on, man. He should have a picture in the rafters. And this is
2: why, again, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Honestly, don't understand how, and I know if, you can't, Spell fanatic without fan, and fandom drives you crazy. And fans, fan, being a fan makes you crazy. And fan, and being a fan will make you do crazy things. I just can't understand why everybody flocks back and gives this man their money. All the celebrities, everybody, take back. a courtesy car across the East River. I know there's traffic. I know it's tough. Get on the subway. On. Oh, I don't know if they're going Chill. on the subway, but I'm Anybody just talking. Right I'm talking <laughs> to all the yeah, celebrities. Right I'm talking to them. And I want to, I want to take my kids to Madison Square Garden, too, one day. This is where I grew up. This is where I found, fell in love with a game. Concerts. I don't understand. Well, I'm going down another Dolan wormhole again. No, wait, wait, wait. We're hey, circling. You're right. You're right. I'm here for it. We're circling. Oh, I don't understand it. Spike, he made you go around the corner. He made you leave the arena and <laughs> go around the corner like you never walked into the building before. And now you're flying down to Atlanta. You're the face of the franchise now. They're a te- the Knicks are associated with your face and your brand, and you're going to keep doing it. When Durant and Harden and Kyrie are going to be going to the finals, maybe. In your town. I don't understand it. I was not planning to go in this direction, but I'm confident. I'm I'm tired. (laughs) And I just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm so conflicted. Like, I do love watching the Knicks, but last night when Trey Young bowed, and I'm like, damn straight, Trey, you just bowed to the wrong end of the arena. Bow to the guy in the schmecky, schmecky hat with his harmonica. Bow to that guy. That guy on the screen. (laughs) What is this by here? The garden is the Mecca, and James, I'm really trying, trying really hard to be cool, Dolan is Schmecky. That's the proper spelling of Schmecky. I like that. Can we combine the two and officially call it the Schmecka while he's in control? I like it. The The Schmecka. Do you think, Rich, this year's Knicks season was a success? Absolutely a success. A raging success. A raging success. Even though
1: disappointment a playoff. A raging they success. They were
2: the four seed. A raging success because they clearly got the coach right. They got Julius Randle doing stuff on a floor that gets fans back in the building. R.J. Barrett took a step forward. IQ is a terrific draft pick.
1: Obi Toppin looked good in the playoffs. Obi Toppin looked
2: good too. and And then you got the the players like Gibson and Bullock, who, and, you know, and Burks, 2. you know, Williams. like those are the players that fans in New York love. They love it. They love it when, when, when people, love when people, players show up in the garden and just spill it out all on the floor and they fall in love with that. And it got fans back in the building and, 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 and they're, They'll never quit the Knicks. I'm alone. I, I'm one of the few. I had to quit them. And when Trey Young bowed on on that on the fans, and I know so many of my friends in that building, so many New Yorkers who are like, "Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a bummer. I want them to go deep." I'm like, "Great."
3: So I can't stand that owner.
2: I admire it's you for being able to quit, man. I quit it. I quit it. I love I love watching basketball, mm. and it's tough for me to turn back on a team of my youth, but. Marv Albert, can you just show him on the screen? Can you just have, have, just, have the, just have a Willis Reed moment? It's your moment. It's your moment in the garden. It's your moment for your franchise. It's your history of your franchise. Willis Reed coming back on the floor, and you hear Marv's voice, and then you just, you just show Marv sitting there in his headset. Let him wave to the crowd. Very simple. Over. Thanks, Marv. It got people like me into this team. And there's a whole generation of people. Thanks, Marv. Thank you, Marv. Ah, there you go. Yes. 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 And it counts. Mike Breen calling his umpteenth NBA finals. What do you think he's What do you think he's doing? Calling these games. We all grew up. We're the same age from New York. Come on. All right.
3: <laughs> I love
2: it. All right, poll questions
1: after this. Do you day. really? Oh, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, we,
3: we needed it, Rich. We wanted <sighs> It's It's facts. I need a break.
2: <laughs> I need to smoke, and I don't smoke. Smoking a pancake. Get this man some more coffee. 844 204 Rich. Yeah. Yeah, I need another jo- a cup of Joe. <laughs> the untouchables being in that one mm-hmm. now were you the story goes that you were being cast for a different character than the one
4: that you played in i was approached there? to to play or to consider playing frank nitty who was the killer in the yeah. Capone's hitman the As guy who dressed gets thron- well.
2: who gets thrown off the yeah. roof of the yeah. building eventually and when i read the this- alert
4: right <laughs> exactly <laughs> but the, the three people who haven't seen the film that's right exactly But I read the script and I I was attracted to the part that I ended up playing, which was the young Italian kid in the Untouchables, you know, George Stone, George Stone. And obviously I wanted to work with Connery. That was one of my childhood heroes. So I I lobbied immediately to say, no, I, I had to kind of be firm and say, I don't want to play that part. I want to play the other part and kind of roll the dice. And eventually I met with Brian, and then I, I auditioned for George Stone, and, and they, they gave me the part. And what was it like with Connery? <laughs> it was the it was best. You know, it, it, the dynamics that were in the movie kind of was the dynamics of, you know, we became all of us very close, but the dynamic kind of stayed the same. How so? In the sense that, you know, he was the, the older wise guy, and he would always be jabbing at all of us. You and Costner. And, and, and Martin, Charlie Martin Smith. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was my it was my job as my character to to kind of fight back, so yeah. respectfully but keep the jabs going. So that was kind of the dynamics. I, I love I love Sean Connery. I'll tell you a quick story, please, because it's, I've told this before, but it's very funny. Please. We were doing a scene where I'm answering a phone, and he was off camera because he was supposed to be on the phone. So I had to walk over there to answer the phone. He was dressed in his golf gear, ready to go play golf. You know, <laughs> sometimes he'd have his He'd do his close-ups, you know, from here up he was Malone and from here down he had golf shoes on. You know? <laughs> and uh, and so I went over there and I answered the phone once, and the Palmer said, No, no, let's cut, you know, we didn't see your face. I said, But the phone's over there and I'm over here. Why would I turn back? Please, we want to see your face. So I do it again. And this went on a couple takes. And as I was coming back to do like the third take, Sean Connery says, said to me, says, Come on, kid, this is not Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> so so, I, went, I looked at him. I said, "Okay." So so, then I went one more time, and I finally got it. Kind of struggled to turn my face around. it Was totally a natural thing to do, you know. And uh, and the director again said, "Cut." And he said, "Andy, Brian says we only saw one eye." And Sean says, "You saw two eyes. It's just are very close together." <laughs> And then he went to go play golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he had a tea time. Enough, well, of, well. That.
2: Enough of that. Enough <laughs> of that. 34 years ago today, wow. Untouchables premiered in a theater near you. Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844 204 Rich is the number to dial. All right, Christopher, let's get to our poll question at Rich Eisen Show today. Go for it. What do you got for me?
1: Okay. Which one are we doing now? Because we talked about like four this morning. No, the, the untradeable.
2: Well, you no, know, you said uh, it's your call. Which one? Okay, so
1: one? I posted one earlier because we were talking about uh, NBA. Just which Western team has the best chance to go, uh, come back from down three two? That, okay. that's up right now. Blazers, Clippers, Lakers. That's live. Now it is the anniversary of the Untouchables today. So I, yes, we were talking about which player in sports is the most untouchable, meaning you would never trade this person no matter how many first-round picks were thrown your way. So we're talking about Luca, We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about Fernando Tatis Jr.
2: Anyone else on this list we want to add? Luca Mahomes Tatis. Is there any young player in the NBA that you would say, I'm hanging the
3: phone up? Luca, you would hang the phone up on, right? Who else? I think Giannis you'd hang the phone up on.
1: Does he count? I mean, Giannis is uh, twenty-six.
3: Oh yeah, Cal- uh, yeah. I forgot there was
2: an age. Well, factor. and certainly, you know, if I'm the Heat, I'm, I'm, I'm making that
3: <laughs> phone call to see if he's available. Are you though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you now you're gonna make that call, Got
1: it. <laughs> I think Giannis could probably be had in a trade. I think.
2: How? If, I don't know. What are you
1: gonna get? Like, if you're gonna if Golden to- State, throws like. If you're not going to
3: trade Luca, he's going to trade a Nico, 2 times. and like a bunch you know. of
1: picks or something. I don't know. The
3: difference being, Lucas twenty-two. You're right. And Giannis is. Mahomes 20. is definitely that guy. In the, no. There's no other there's NFL no guy that that they that you hang the phone up. Everyone is on, available right? in
1: the NFL except for. Mahomes.
3: I'm trying to think.
1: Baseball's got a lot of good young players right now, so we just kind of put Tatis. In. Oh, Tatis is, cool. is kind of um, the most. Aaron exciting. Donald's
3: on that list. You would. Yeah, figure. I think
1: Donald too. I'm with TJ. I don't know. Aaron Donald's a little. He's getting older, he's older and now, and so he's think, a lot of money. And, I think you could kind of have him probably for. A, I think it's pretty much two a, a given
3: that most people feel he's at worst the third best football player. I could in text the NFL. their general
2: manager and say that I will. <laughs> I bet you. I will. I will. I will broadcast his answer. I bet
0: you. Less
3: would. Uh, <laughs> you should be getting a text from Kara right
2: now.
0: Less right? is hanging the phone up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Akuna,
3: Tatis, and Vl- Vladdy. Guerrero's sons. I mean, Flatty. I mean, you gotta the three of them. O- Otani, but Otani, Otani maybe yeah. Otani.
2: We're kind of leading the no. Free I, I, I don't. Well, we want. Let's him just out. stick with these three. Okay. I, I mean, you can argue with getting others on the list, but just stick with these three. And just the Untouchables is thirty four years insane. old. Is insane to me. That is insane. 34 years ago today and and the most incredible part I like what a cast It was amazing right what an incredible cast cuz again Costner was still young yeah. and uh, like an up and coming star 34 years ago right like what what did Costner already been what did he already look that up if you don't mind what did he already appeared in in 1987 Field of Dreams and not
1: after Field the it. dreams had not had, had not yet hit right. Hit. Hold on a second. Let's see. In nineteen, no way out had
2: no way out already. Hit no theaters. way
1: out
4: may have been the only one. All right. One so Bull
1: Durham and Field the dreams were after. Yep. Okay. No way uh, out. At that point, he was in. Well, he got cut out of the Big Chill. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
4: American Flyers, uh.
1: Silverado, and American yeah, Flyers. Flyers. I love
2: that movie. Were kind of his big. You know what's also a movie that everybody should see, and you should put this on your list too. Everybody should put this on their list. And this is a Costner movie way 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 in advance the movie Fandango
1: Oh yeah he's in that is he? a
2: movie you need to see Damn. That is a a movie about it, it's about a group of friends who get back together you know years years later Judd Nelson in that movie And it is about you know about growing apart while still always trying to be friends from what's in the past and I don't want to reveal, you know, they're in, what they're in search of and, and and the ending. But you need to see that. But Costner was a relatively still somewhat unknown. And we just showed a, a, a clip of Andy Garcia Andy's being an in here five too. years ago. He was a total unknown. Yep. But the knowns, man, De Niro and Costner. I mean, De Niro and Sean, Sean Connery. 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 De Niro and Sean Connery. Look how young De Niro looks in 1987,
1: too. And Sean Connery. (laughs) Look at Andy Garcia. Listen, we're showing a picture, I guess, from
2: the premiere that night in 1987. 34 years ago tonight, I guess. And Connery, he won the Oscar, did he not? For that role? I believe so. And De Niro, I think, only had a handful of days shooting this movie. Because his scenes were few and far between as Capone, and in the same way that you don't look at, like, I, I'm going to go in a totally different direction here. Like the Naked Gun is not viewed as a as a sports movie, right? <laughs> no, not even really. though not the really. last half hour it's, is a baseball game. Right, yeah. right. It's a baseball game and a an incredible spoof. On baseball, that remarkably, with umpiring and the showcasing of uh, the, the showboating of umpiring <laughs> and cheating from pitchers, yeah. it still stands today. <laughs> it does. The send up of baseball in the 80s still stands today at the end of The Naked Gun. But the reason why I bring this up is you don't talk about The Naked Gun as a sports movie. And you also don't talk about, obviously, The Untouchables is not a sports movie, but one of the best. Scenes involving a baseball bat, maybe in movie history, is in the Untouchables. And also the speech that De Niro's Capone character gives is amazing as a baseball description and analogy is pretty spot on.
4: Individual. A man
2: stands at the plate. He stands alone at the plate it's time for what? Individual achievement but when he stands out in the field he's part of a team (laughs) and I hosted an event years ago at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City the 40 under 40 awards okay where the sports business journal gives out awards to 40 executives and people who are under the age of 40 for their outstanding achievement, and I decided—I don't know what—I was giving out the was announcing the award for teamwork or something like that. I forget why, but I brought a bat onto the
3: stage <laughs> and reenacted
2: that scene.
3: <laughs> it's so good. Well, what? I will give
2: you—I will give you a quick snap poll <laughs> in the room: Yes or no? Did it work? Did it land? Or did it not at all? Those are your two choices. It worked and landed or not at all. We have 30
3: seconds left in the hour, TJ Jefferson. I'm going to say it did not land. At all. I'm, I'm going to say, say it did not. On their 40s, it might, they might not have been. And uh, What year was this? What year? Yeah, it was
2: in the uh, late 90s. Oh, they totally it landed. Oh, so you say it, it landed. landed. You, Chris, you want to break the time? Not at all. Okay. Uh, Mike Del Tufo, we have some parting gifts for you, and that is the silence to <laughs> still hear the crickets
3: <laughs> years later. So I overbid, but I tried.
4: No, but, but a lot of talk, and I nailed the
3: scene. You're
4: nothing but two coming up.
1: <laughs> I have no doubt that you nailed the scene. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. Do I get a pool table or a
2: popcorn machine? Oh, oh I'll be a popcorn you. maker. You get a oh, popcorn. popcorn. What do I get? <laughs> what do I get? It like, all eventually comes back to TJ's. His fail wasn't
3: epic enough to get into receipt. Like, right, definitely right. failure. Definitely a popcorn oh. maker. By the way, uh the price is right. It's I am um, it's it's I need my stuff. I mean out Mark Goodson,
2: Bill Todman oh. Productions.
3: <laughs> I think it's time.
2: Wow. Yeah, I mean seriously, you could have bought your is there something we could do about it? I don't know. I mean Is there somebody we could call? Like we could call, like hi, I'm calling on behalf we of We could tweet
3: Drew Carey, you know. Get yeah, hey. from the show account. Hey Drew, well, not for mine personally. He would never respond. So from the Rich Eisen show account, hey <laughs> my TJ, man, my man has his, his popcorn yet.
2: machine and his ping pong table. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. Hold oh, no, on, we got. We understand. He should have
3: chosen the middle key.
2: Oh
4: boy, and we get that. We're all agree. But still, in
3: agreement <laughs> say it. what so, gifts. Should I put the should I bring the ping pong table here is the question? Well, yeah, we, we discussed oh, say, that on the
2: day of it. You said that you yeah. did have room in your in your domicile.
3: Yeah, but, but I mean, it would
2: make things a little tight. Be a little tight. I mean I think the ping pong table would fit great it would look, here. It would look great. I could put the right it right the here. Desk. Be honest. here.
1: maybe. Yeah. Got a lot of room to the right of me. Yeah.
3: A popcorn machine, absolutely. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm starting to get hungry right now thinking about we
2: it. We could, this, when you get it, and you bring it in. <laughs> it goes right here, <laughs> and we have an entire segment where I make popcorn for everybody. Yeah, I think that's lovely. That might Price is right, popcorn. I, I, I couldn't that be that more could excited. <laughs> oh, that you might break the internet. I couldn't be more excited. We might have played a pricing game based on a sporting event. Ooh, I'm in. Well, I cannot believe Untouchables is 34 that's, years old, dude. We haven't even talked about big yet. And that's coming, too. Yeah. And and by the way, some of the scenes too, the the scene in the train station, the scene in Canada, you know, where the Mounties are involved. Yeah. And that's the Chicago way. The line of, you know, know, what are you prepared to do?
3: Rich, Godfather's coming up on 50. Port one next year. Yeah. Once you went to this door, there's no going back. I mean, uh, yeah. Connery That's, was amazing in that oh, movie. Connery was. That's my poor Connery impression. Was right. De
2: Niro even nominated? It? I don't know. Oh, I don't. No, think so. I don't think so. No. Connery did. Man,
3: thirty-four did win. years ago today. Carry a
2: badge. Carry a gun. Brian Windhorst of ESPN coming up.